welcome. This particular channel will be devoted to reviewing 2023. One day at a time and a week per episode. If you feel like sharing anything, by all means, that's what this is for. And if it's related to any of discussed topics of the episode, all the better. That's what this podcast is all about. So please come find us on Instagram on Let's Review with Layla and You, where I will be dropping promotional posts accompanying the episode to start the conversations and give you all a place for some reciprocation. So let's kick it off with some global news on Monday, January 2nd, 2023. The effects of Russia-Ukraine conflict on fuel, food, and fertilizers are a growing concern. Oy, yes, they are. South Korea and the United States discuss nuclear exercises as tensions with North Korea escalate. Oh, goody. And this one kind of caught me off guard. I read that organ harvesting spikes in Afghanistan. When I read that headline, I kind of assumed... You all know what happens when you assume. I kind of assumed that criminals were abducting people and harvesting organs, and if it was at least an organ you could survive losing, that they weren't killing people over it. But when I read the article, I don't know, I somehow felt more gutted. It wasn't criminals doing this, it was people choosing, if you can even consider this a choice, choosing to do this out of pure desperation, out of utter despair people are selling their organs amid poverty and starvation i mean if that is any indication on how desperate people are this has got to be the most telling sign on how desperate someone is selling body parts to survive i mean just as as, as basic humans how, how can we allow this to happen to one single person let alone a people this shocked me and, and i wish that there was we could do to prevent this from happening because no one deserves to reach that point where you feel that that is the way to go and this isn't just something that happens rarely or just to one or two people. This is a trend. Morocco closes their border to Chinese travelers due to spike in COVID cases in China. I think they're the first to actually close the border. So, yeah, kind of makes sense. Just after these two years. No, not again. Sorry, I can't take another quarantine. Social isolation for more years. Nope. 14 people are killed in an armed attack on a prison in Mexico. Dozens of inmates escape. Jesus, it sounds like a plotline of a Hollywood movie. Oftentimes, you really just can't tell anymore. And sometimes I wonder, is it like, are movies inspiring criminals? Sometimes it even poses a dilemma for me. Like, I love a good action movie, I really do. But if it's inspiring criminals, that's a bad thing. So then I feel kind of torn. Like, don't want to promote something that leads to violence in the actual world. However, at the same time, I can watch all kinds of action movies and I've never felt the urge to pick up a rifle or a knife or go whack-a-doodle. Like, do I sometimes want to smack someone in the face with a frying pan? Wish someone to get hit in the face with a chair by the hole? Oh yeah! Yeah. <laughs> However, it's strictly fantasy. I never would actually do it. No, because I will always consider the consequences of my actions, both for me, but also for other people. And that usually stops me. Like, it's not worth it. Ten seconds of rage. And then the few years in prison or the... Oh, not my country. My country, they're very lenient, so that's not really a deterrent. You know, I won't get hired anymore. Like, I will be put persona non grata, which is kind of tricky because I do need to make a living. I will never be able to work with children again, which is basically my raison d'etre, so please don't take that away from me. So yeah, that's plenty of reasons for me to not act on those impulses. I wonder what you think about that. Tell me. Then, in happier news, Venezuela and Colombia open a key binational bridge as ties are warming. That is good news. And then a profound news item today. Today, it was 219 years ago since Haiti declared independence following the Haitian Revolution, where historians credited Toussaint Louverture, I suck at names, so if someone knows how to pronounce this one, please. 
please tell me. He's also known as the father of Haiti, with leading the only successful revolt of enslaved people in modern history. Wow. The revolt inspired the liberation movements that ultimately abolished slavery across the Atlantic world. So definitely, definitely something to celebrate. Furthermore, Jay Whitey Jr., a 27-year-old mechanic, is being credited with saving the lives of a group of people that were trapped in snow-encased cars during the December 2022 blizzard. After being denied shelter by scared residents, really people, he broke into the Pine Hill Primary Center school so they could have shelter and food. Up to 12 to 24 people took shelter in the school, and he was afraid he was going to get in trouble for breaking into the school. He left a note. Aww. It just shows what kind of a guy it is, but that he felt like he had to do that. I mean... He saved lives. As I understand it, the government didn't prepare people or wasn't prepared enough to deal with a blizzard. So you really, truly are a hero. And thankfully, the community recognized him as such. Then in celebrity news, Jeremy Renner, the Marvel actor, is critical but stable after a run-in with a snowplow. Okay, don't quite know how to envision that one. Painful. Seems like an understatement. It's quite possible that his neighbor, who is a doctor, saved his life by putting a tourniquet on the injury till help arrived. Someone deserves a fruit basket. Or ten. And some more sad celebrity news. Today, the drummer of Earth, Wind & Fire, Fred White, died at 67 years of age. My condolences. And on a happier note, Mark A. Shepard, the actor, reaches 33 years of sobriety. Congratulations. Not an easy feat. So well done. Then on to national news, a plastic surgeon had to amputate the hand of an 11-year-old and asks, what are we doing? And as if that wasn't sad enough as it is, apparently they also had to remove his right eye. So now he has lost a hand and he also lost an eye. So there was an 11-year-old child born healthy and because of one night of fireworks, and it doesn't say if he set it off or he was just a bystander, but because of that, a child's life is drastically, dramatically altered for life. And the news on a little happier note, and one that made me chuckle. Gasoline thief stole gasoline. However, he was driving a diesel car. Shortly after driving away without paying for his gasoline, his car clunked out because it was a diesel car and it wouldn't go any further, so he got arrested. <laughs> I like those kinds of news items that criminals are just too stupid and that's what gets them caught. That's like instant karma. I like that. Then on a personal note, okay, fair warning, this is like a pufferfish moment for me. <laughs> if you've seen Hannah Gatsby's show about pufferfish moments, stuff that gets you really riled up, like this is one of my pufferfish moments. You were warned. Okay, so what you need to know about Dutch television is there is no rhyme or reason and no order to it. Let me explain. Shows with a lot of seasons, they choose to air four, sometimes five times a week. Only when it's a new show that they fear you can otherwise download and or see on a streaming service, they air them once a week, basically the way America and the UK do it. I mean, back in the day, I think the downloading bit took precedence in that, but seeing the downloading is now no longer condoned and actually made illegal. I think it's mainly the streaming services that they don't want to lose their business to. However, when they start, when they stop, makes no sense whatsoever. The American and even I think the UK airtimes you can find on the internet. Plus there are standard start times, Christmas breaks, and end times to seasons every single year. In the Netherlands you can't find shit. And trust me, I've looked. 
When you air four to five episodes a week, you can get through a season pretty quickly. Unfortunately, there is no rhyme or reason to when they stop or start, so you inadvertently you miss chunks of seasons, you miss plot twists such as romances, deaths, people leaving the show, people joining the show. So usually I'm a bit behind, like I'm not all up to date to the last currently airing seasons. And how they choose to air these new episodes, pick the 8.30 slot, and then immediately after they air an older episode, that's usually the one that where I'm at, so I try to record those because honey i don't watch television i record everything our commercial breaks are eight minutes i've timed them time is precious and i love my shows so i got to you know work smarter not harder so i record everything but when i want to watch the recording of the season episode where i am where the plot line still makes sense to me i get snippets of the episode ahead of it and because that's usually the newest season and not even like the season that came immediately after the season i'm watching it spoils it spoils the crap out of shit. I've had that happen with so many television shows that they air this way. And then they say, well, well, some people are watching that season and some people are watching that season. And then this way we can accommodate everyone. I mean, I shit you not. In one week, they can air Law and Order Special Victims Unit. And I think in all, it's got now like 24 seasons. So, yay. But they can air season 16 and season 22 and season 19 in one week. Try to keep up. And God knows I've tried. But anyway, I have suggestions. Like, air something else immediately after it. Like, the newest episode, and then a different show, and then the older episodes that even when you watch that or record it, you, you don't get the spoilers from the newest episode. Or, I mean, just let the end credits run to, to give it some room. I assume that this is rare. I mean, when I was in London Comic Con and I explained this to a woman about how our country handles airing certain shows, she liked to genuinely shock. <laughs> Though in this particular instance, it actually kind of worked the other way around. In this case, I actually for a brief moment liked the fact that they did it this way, but it it's a puffish thing for me because when it doesn't work out for me and I'm behind because of the whole willy-nilly way of airing shit, it bites you in the ass, as in it spoils shit. Okay, so how did we get here? On our Comedy Central channel, I watched the newest Young Sheldon episode, and in true Dutch fashion, immediately after wrapping that episode up with no commercial break or like even the running of the final credits of the previous episode, it was like BAM! A new episode starts, and you hear him talking, and you're like, wow, he sounds totally different because the previous episode, the newest episode, is where uh, Ian Armitage has a serious voice change. A little boy is growing up, so he's becoming an lesson so his voice changed and then in true dutch fashion instead of saying oh we're not all up to date so we have to switch to some other show or whatever no they just say we want to air more young sheldon but we don't have anything more to show so you know what we do we're gonna just suddenly abruptly start back at season one episode one usually i really hate that it just all gets jumbled together Rare as it is with this particular show, I was actually all caught up. So it started and you hear Ian Armitage talking and hear that it's a completely different voice. Pretty quickly became clear that this was literally season one, episode one. And the last episode that I was watching was from season six. So that's a good six years. And then they showed him. And that's the, the only instance where I do not mind this pufferfish thing, which usually, as you may have noticed, seriously riles me up. Because if you love the show, it ruins it. It's the same when you're reading a really exciting book that's really got you hooked and someone spoils the ending. Or when you go see a movie and they spoil the ending or tell you who the killer was or stuff like that. Like, that's not nice, people. In this case, for once, it worked the other way around and it was actually quite moving to see well into adolescence nearing adulthood in Armitage and then suddenly flip it back and see him back from season one. And oh my 
God, he's gotten so big and he's he's grown so tall and his voice has changed so much. And so that for a minute was moving in a good sense. But yeah, to me, when I tried to tell this, I kind of triggered my puffer fish again. <laughs> so hence the warning. Um, but in this instance, it worked out for the better. But yeah, usually it pisses me off to no end. <laughs> Something today that made me actually do a spit take. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's it's good. And I think I genuinely laughed for a minute straight. There was apparently this TikTok made by a girl that called masturbation witchcraft. That Fifty Shades of Way, or that's his Twitter handle. I think his real name is Dave. Hi, Dave. And he responded to that with the gif of Bette Midler as Winnie Sanderson from the movie Hocus Pocus. And that particular gif you can find by searching for hashtag unimpressed and hashtag judging you because yeah and he responded to her tiktok clip about masturbation being witchcraft with that particular gif and he did a spit take right i liked it reposted it and it actually led him to start following me and of course the irony of him starting to follow me after a masturbation linked message it's not lost on me <laughs> Oh, this was right up my alley, like that face. Oh, I make that face so often. You know that when they say that something that your face kind of says it all, and then you forget that people can still see your face? Oh, especially after the pandemic. I genuinely re remember that it was a training from work. This new corporation that I started work. It was and face-to-face and no longer wearing a mask. I remember making a face. I have a very loud face, I'm told. And I remembered, oh shit, people can see me. <laughs> That's the exact face I made when I listened to that lady's tale. Oh, honey. What either means that you don't do it at all. And for that, I'm so very sorry. Please start. It's very good. But are you not doing it enough? But the whole shaming, like, fuck off. It's actually good. It's a way to get in touch with your body. It's a way to get in touch with yourself. It's in self-care. It makes happy drugs in your brain. So that's always a good thing. Um, in moderation, everything needs to be in moderation. <laughs> Otherwise, they call it an addiction. But yeah, no, it's a great way to give yourself some self-care, to get in touch with your own body, and especially also to learn your turn-ons and turn-offs so that when you're with a partner, you can direct them to what you like. And also tell them, I do not like that. Also very important. It speeds up the whole process. Less awkward fumbling, more instant play. Today, as I mentioned in my previous episode, I had to work, but apparently I was one of few, so I had a very relaxed, fun day with one of my coworkers. I also officially accepted another position at another company because I need to get the frack out of here. A few of my coworkers are awesome, and I will stay in touch with them after I leave, but lord have mercy, I need to leave this place. It's killing me. So yeah, after that slow day, I got home and I wanted to see what I had stored on my DVR because it's a new year you know, first start. And I saw that I still had some Christmas movies stored. Like, I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies anymore. I'm sorry. It's highly predictable. Only white people. That fairy tale white girl finding her prince charming. And I think it's sappy, highly predictable plots. So I'm not a big fan. I'm sorry. Not anymore. Anyway, I flipped through a few to see, okay, what at the time was a reason for me to try and record this one. Sometimes it's because it's got an actor in it that I really like. And that's the reason I will, yes, I will watch a movie because there's an actor in it that I like. I've not always been disappointed. Some actually were at least nice to watch once because they were a little different, but overall they're mainly the same. But I found one that was very different. Actually, it was one of, well, I don't know if it's a one of a kind, but for me it was the first. I had recorded the 2020 movie Christmas Ever After, where the leading lady has a disability. She's in a wheelchair. And they even showed her driving. Thank you, people. Because yes, even when you're in a wheelchair, and I mean, I'm not in a wheelchair, but I do have a physical disability. Yes, I can drive a car with a small alteration. Good to go. So I really like that, that they showed 
when you have a disability, you can still do a lot of stuff that regular folks can do that do not have disabilities. I mean, we are very self-sufficient, empowered people. People, Yeah, I really like that song. So even though the narrative was very predictable, it was nice to see for a change that a leading lady has a disability and actually gets her love. If you have a partner or a child or just if you know anyone with a disability, I recommend this movie because it's nice. It's um, hashtag inclusion matters because it really does. At least I can now say that I know a Christmas movie that has a leading lady with a disability. Yay! And no, she doesn't magically all of a sudden in the middle of the movie gets healed and starts to walk again. Because that's one of the ableist storylines that I really find annoying. I really find it insulting that to further the plot or to cause drama, they have someone have a serious accident and then they're in a wheelchair or whatever. And then, oh my god, they miraculously get healed again. I hate that. I'm sorry, as a person with a disability, that always irks me. I wonder if there are other people that feel similarly or completely different. By all means, do share. But that's always what gets me. It's not that we are in any way less of a participant in society because we have a disability and hate the fight that the world creates like you're either abled or disabled but it's a spectrum plus disabled usually doesn't mean that you can't perform a certain function or not the way abled people perform that function but there's still a different way in which you can perform the function same with driving a car like i have a small alteration with my pedals which allows me to drive pedals are switched out which messes with every single person that gets in my car uh but luckily they install it in such a way that i can flip my pedal up and you can flip your gas pedal down so pretty much anyone can drive in my car safely very important safely Okay, then another thing that really made me laugh today was someone made a, a TikTok or Insta Reel with uh, the Eagles guitar riff from the song Hotel California. And then at the end of the, I'm not a musical person, people, at the end of the high note, instead of the high note, you get a kitten meowing. <laughs> I love it. It was really funny. And then the quote of the day that I chose is, going outside of my comfort zone only makes me more courageous over time. To keep myself motivated, to keep going, even though sometimes I still get scared, sometimes I wonder if I should invest in that at all, but it encourages me to keep pushing the limits, to keep expanding my comfort zone. I have to get real now, people. I want to give trigger warnings for suicide, dysfunctional family, dynamics, depression. Be warned. Sweet Lord have mercy if there's anything in life that you learn or that you should teach your children at a very early age because otherwise you get very messed up adults. Beautifully highlighted by this quote. Please communicate to me when I've done something that bothers you or that you don't understand. Let me apologize and learn. And for me, this one really hit home because that is the most important life lesson that everyone in my family refuses to learn. And that has caused me a lot of heartache and discovering that they will just simply refuse to adopt this life lesson. I have had to decide to cut them all off one at a time throughout my life. And this past year, I realized that with my remaining family member, this was also a continuous toxic dysfunctional pattern that we endlessly repeated and that kept short-circuiting my brain. That I reached the point where I genuinely said that I don't know if I can maintain this relationship. I also, it's about my mother, I invited her to please join me in therapy because I knew that I also had a part in the toxicity of our relationship and that I wanted to work with her towards creating and building a healthy relationship um, and that I wanted to do the work with her and do it together and instead she threw it in my face. She tried to completely undermine me as her daughter, as a person, as a professional. Um, she basically said that I was mentally unstable and that she was the perfect mother that sacrificed 
sacrificed so much for me and that was only trying to protect me. I think at that point, she said something that alerted my therapist of a very toxic pattern that we had to the point that it, you could call it brainwashing. I call it brainwashing now. It was a core belief that has formed because of my mother's narrative or my mother's belief that I adopted and that I assimilated with my own identity and that has perpetually influenced every single relationship I have formed in my life with strangers, with acquaintances, with friends, with partners, with just everyone. And that is that I'm a burden. My mother, for as long as I can remember, has always said that she was thankful that I would have her as my mother because at least she was able to deal with a child like me. At the time, I interpreted that as she's hitting herself for being a strong woman, you could say, but inadvertently because I don't think she intended that, but inadvertently that kept telling me that just in being, and I didn't have a choice in that matter, you know, I didn't choose to be born. I didn't choose to be born like this, <laughs> and I did not choose to be born in this family. Oi! Uh, well, it depends on what you believe. Some people believe that you actually choose your life before you're born. I'm on the fence on that one, because if I chose this life, <clears throat> I have notes, and this better be my last one, or like reincarnate one more time to just have the most easiest layback life there is, but yeah, I feel like I've lived several lifetimes in one, because I had difficulties on pretty much any and all aspects of my life to the point that no area of a human's basic need was safe. I think the easiest way to explain this is the five areas that schema therapy covers, detailing the core emotional needs that every single person, child, adult has, and how it impacts you even into adulthood when those core needs are not met during your formative years in whatever way, shape, or form. It's a spectrum. Sometimes it's in overdoing, sometimes it's in not doing. So let me try briefly tell you what the five areas are. One, a secure attachment to others. Two, a freedom to express valid needs and feelings. Three, autonomy, competence, and a sense of identity. Four, spontaneity and play. And five, realistic limits and self-control. For the first core emotional need, the need for secure attachment, it refers to a secure attachment that is built when parents take care of the child in a way that makes the child feel safe and protected. As a child, this means that you feel that you matter, that you are loved, that you are a valuable part of your family, and that your emotional world and your temperament are understood by your caregiver. You know where you stand, and they will take care of you when you need it. However, if you've had an abusive or neglectful childhood, your parents' inability to meet your need might be very apparent, your distrust or feelings of shame. However, there are also those that are raised in what they would call good childhoods, where the impact of having parents who are unable to tune into their emotional needs are harder to spot. It's it's what you know. You may not even recognize it in yourself. It may look like not feeling like your parents know who you are or care about what you think and feel or when you don't feel close to your parents. Second emotional core belief, freedom to express valid needs and feelings, means that children need to be able to express their feelings, thoughts, and needs and have a nurturing and understanding response from their caregivers. If a child receives a message that their feelings are unacceptable, unwanted, or bad, the core emotional need isn't met. When these core needs aren't met as adults, we can develop a number of schemas, as they say in schema therapy. Schemas are dysfunctional behavioral patterns. You may also have difficulty exp expressing emotion or feel excessively self-critical, our very normal thoughts and feelings. 
For the third emotional core need, autonomy, competence, and a sense of identity, this core need is met by being allowed to do age-appropriate tasks and receive useful, non-critical feedback. The core need for autonomy and competence are not met when a child has everything done for them or when they are expected to have too much responsibility for their age. In later years, if parents are too controlling of their child's choices and do not give room for the development of likes and dislikes or allow them to make their own mistakes, needs in this domain will also not be met. A healthy sense of identity is hard to develop if a child cannot be autonomous and receives critical feedback about who they are from a carer. This is especially true of people who have emotionally immature parents, who tend to apply labels to children such as good or bad, or say you're just like your father, rather than using a broad range of descriptive terms which truly reflect who their child is. As an adult, this can show up as not knowing who you are or having an inaccurate and negative self-image. The fourth core emotional need is learning and expressing yourself through spontaneity and play. Play allows for self-expression, exploration, and adventure, and the development of imagination and creativity. It gives a child opportunity for fun and silliness, rather than taking everything seriously. If you have parents who are very serious and goal-driven, as a child you may not have had your need for spontaneity and play met. Or perhaps your parents never played with you due to mental health issues, difficulties, or they worked all the time to meet the family's financial needs. This can all lead to difficulties being spontaneous, creative, and allowing yourself to have fun as an adult. This can synthesize you to depression, and other mental health and relationship difficulties. I want to add a little small insert right here because I had a client once who struggled greatly with depression and self-acceptance and his parents worked a lot. They had their own business and there wasn't that much time for the parents to take care of play, be there for the children. And I kept noticing that this bothered him. His core emotional need wasn't met as a child, but he also knew that his parents worked really hard to support and provide for him and his sibling and he felt bad for feeling bad about that. It doesn't mean that you aren't grateful to your parents. It means that you had an emotional need and it wasn't met. It's quite difficult, I know, to experience both of these emotions at the same time because they are so tangled up in each other. But just stepping back and looking at yourself, your little mini-me from way back when, and remember how you felt in that time without trying to reason it away because that's intellectual, not emotional. And then he could finally admit to himself that yes, he felt alone and he would have liked his parents to be home more. Apparently he had friends whose mother was a stay-at-home mom who would wait up for his friends when they come home with a cup of tea and have a talk and he didn't have that so he finally was able to express that need that he had that wasn't met and just the peace that came over him after that was so beautiful to witness he could finally release his own pain and not feel like he condemned his parent because he knew that they did the best that they could and that they loved him. But you could still be mad at your parents for not providing for you in a way that you emotionally needed them to provide. It doesn't mean that you're saying that they're bad parents. It doesn't mean that you don't see how hard they tried and maybe tried their very, very best. I mean, yes, I have a lot of issues with my parents and a lot of anger, sadness, but I also know that the intent was not to harm, not really really, and that they tried. I like to presume to the best of their ability, yet I also still feel anger, resentment, disappointment that they failed and refused to take accountability and grow. I do resent them for that, but I don't hate them. I'm just finally learning to accept the impact that my upbringing has had on me as a person, and I'm trying to finally let myself feel all of it so that I can release it, accept it as a part of me, but that it doesn't have to limit me in any way if I don't want it to. For me, the main focus now is to, my entire life, I've tried 
tried to shrink myself and tried to make myself as invisible as possible. And right now I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to finally stand up straight, stand firm, make myself seen and heard, try to find my soul family. That is the way I'm healing. There are good days and bad days. And I mean, having your core needs, all of your core needs damaged to a greater or lesser extent, it's hard. I'm not denying that. And I'm very well aware of why I am the way I am, how I've become the way I am. But I also know that things can get better. I want to try and make them better. Try to find the beauty in things, trying to find connection to others, even though I will not ever find it within my own family. I mean, that has been tried and tested again and again. And just a few years ago, I finally came to the realization that no single family member of mine will ever be that. That made me feel very, very alone. And on occasion, I'm still overwhelmed with that feeling. But at least I can now stand up straight, keep my head up high, and just say, this is me, people. What you see is what you get. Damaged, traumatized, with a dark sense of humor. Loyal, no longer to a fault, I hope. Basically, just, yeah, this is me. Words and all. I now, I think I can say I've become unapologetically myself. I was trying to accommodate everyone around me, but I wasn't living my life. I was living according to what I thought was expected of me. And that was an eye-opener. <laughs> I mean, like I said, the road to where I am now was long. Very long, but very worth it. That's for sure. The next emotional core belief focuses on realistic limits and self-control. Connected parenting focuses on children developing self-control, self-discipline, and taking responsibility for our actions. Learning to take accountability for your behavior. Muy importante. Some people experience few boundaries and limits as children due to neglectful parenting or parents who encourage their children to feel entitled to have or do whatever they want. This is damaging people giving your child everything it demands. Just FYI. Other children have too many limits set by controlling or strict parenting. Both ends of the spectrum do not allow children to get their core needs met and are problematic to healthy development. Children who do not experience adequate limits may engage in behaviors that are risky with no response from their caregivers, leaving them to feel uncared for, or they may experience shame at school when they're reprimanded for crossing of what turns out to be normal social boundary. This can lead to feelings of being socially defective. Strict parents impact their children by not allowing them to learn how to develop their own sense of self-control. When everything is dictated, a child's normal thoughts, feelings, and behaviors may leave the child feeling wrong or bad and different to their peers. It was only in therapy last year that I realized that when my mom feel empowered, what empowered her made me feel weak. She perpetuated that narrative by continuously telling me that I wasn't capable of being an independent person, either emotionally, physically, financially. And like last year, a friend of mine kind of pissed her off. She said, Leila, I don't think you realize how self-sufficient and independent you are. And yes, I did not realize that because I believed my mother's narrative that I could not and would not ever be able to stand on my own two feet. And I'm very sad that it took me 35 years to finally learn that lesson. Better late than ever, I guess. Yeah, that really messed me up because in every single relationship that I've been in, and I fear that that voice will always remain in my brain, that I will always fear being a burden to my loved ones. Feeds into my need to try and make up for that by caring. And I'm a carer at heart, despite my uh, history. So that makes it really important for me to learn my own boundaries with that in my head and being fed by my family even with that i was able to still sense and rebel when someone crossed my boundary and hence the triggering phrase became for me oh but he means whale i was the youngest i was the only one in my family with a physical disability or with a disability as is well as an acknowledged disability <laughs> because misogyny narcissism and disorders of the mind are also in my view with disabilities but yeah in the main relationship trends in my 
my family, I always drew the short straw because otherwise I was the youngest and I was a woman and I had a disability. So in whatever setting it for them, I was always the inferior one in the relationship. So that really messed with my mind and with my self-esteem and with my self-perception. And now I've, yeah, I've come a long way these past years. <laughs> Do you know that there's this gif of, uh, like, I don't know if it's in every single gif or collection, but just type in white bat wings and then you find it. And then you get this bat that is folded up and it, while it's twirling, it's unfolding and just flapping its wings. That is the gif that I started to use last year to indicate how I felt. I felt that I was finally turning a corner and when I was finally standing up. Because my entire life, I tried to make myself shrink. I've tried to make myself small. And in every single relationship with every single family member, I tried to shrink. I tried to shape myself to a disposition where I felt I was accepted, only to, in every single relationship, learn eventually that no matter what I did or no matter what I didn't do or how small I tried to make myself, it was never going to change how they viewed me, how they treated me. And with every, literally every single one of them, I reached that point where I said, huh, so if I'm not the problem, I'm also not the one that can fix this. I'm just gonna be me because no matter how much I try to adapt it'll never be good enough and this is killing me i don't want that evidently if you're not the problem you're also not the one to fix it and if there's a problem in a relationship it's always twofold because there are two people in the relationship and it's not just one person that's solely the problem and i'm betting that a lot of people go off on that one of course every relationship and with whatever happened it's different i get that but still it takes two to tango through the good the bad the ugly and either by action or inaction you are impacting the relationship like i'm still trying to find a way have a relationship with my mother still i have to minimize our contact because i get pulled in again and she can still influence me and i think she always will but i get to choose now how much time and energy i invest in this relationship i choose to take accountability for my behavior in our relationship and she has elected not to which is a pattern that she has continued throughout her life she gets up to a point where she wants to change but then at the point of actual creating change she bails she retreats back to her comfort zone <laughs> Oddly enough, even though I have been seriously depressed multiple times in my life, somehow I have always known I don't want to die. Life is good. Life can be very good. It's just I wanted the pain to stop or just pause for a bit. And killing yourself is very final. And it's a shame because there are still so many great things to experience. And that's one of the things that, that helps me through those times now is to imagine the last time I felt this way and what I've experienced since and how much fun I've experienced since then and how I really wouldn't have wanted to miss those moments. And that helps me through the dark times. Also to keep thinking this is just a moment in time. This too shall pass. Like, the good moments pass but so do the bad moments even if all i do is sit here and just breathe and for the last few years those thoughts have seriously kept me going even though i felt unhappy and depressed and what am i doing all this for and there's always drama and it's so hard work and i don't know if i still got the to keep going and sometimes you gotta accept that you have a bad day hashtag always keep fighting but yeah, it's a tough road. Now choose to plan ahead, either big or small things to look forward to. And those help me get through the dark days as well. So that's my advice. Well, winded, but you know, small nuggets, I hope. Small gems. 
Tuesday, January 3rd. In global news, Russia has said a New Year missile attack that killed at least 89 Russian soldiers happened because troops were using mobile phones defying a ban. Oopsie-daisy. It's the largest number of deaths Russia has acknowledged in the war. Ukraine says that 400 soldiers were killed and another 300 were wounded in the attack on a college for conscripts in the occupied Donetsk area. Unfortunately, they also found 25 torture chambers in liberated areas of Charkov, Ukraine. Since September, Ukrainian authorities have found 920 bodies of civilians in the liberated areas of the Kharkov region, including the bodies of 25 children. I'm sorry, but the moment you start killing children or civilians, you're on the wrong side of history, bubba. In America, they are trying to find a new Speaker of the House. And today is strike one, strike two, and strike three for Kevin McCarthy. Oh, goody. The death toll rises after the armed attack on a Mexican prison. Death toll is now at 19. Inside the prison, they found VIP cells filled with cash, drugs, and all sorts of luxury items. I'm sorry, was this a spa or a prison? Hmm. Corruption, anyone? Canada bans foreigners from buying houses in Canada. I mean, you are always the nice Northern American country. What's up? Huh. Then a little closer to home, the European Union is still trying to decide how to respond and post restrictions on travelers from China due to the COVID cases spiking in China. Oh yes, ponder that one. China is n not happy about more and more countries are uh, implementing travel restrictions. Well, can you blame us? Then a German doctor was sentenced late Monday to two years and nine months in prison for illegally issuing more than four thousand people with exemptions for wearing masks during the COVID pandemic. In addition to her prison sentence, she was also handed a three-year work ban, only three years, in order to pay 28,000 euros, which is the sum she'd received for issuing the medical certificates. Selling your soul, are we? And her office assistant was also fined. I mean, if you really think that masks are a danger to your health, why did you never ever raise that issue with surgeons wearing masks during surgery if you think that it cut off oxygen supply? Wouldn't you have said something before now? Hmm? But no, you did not. And... I'm sorry that you get you get winded or something from it. Like it causes more strain on your lungs. Yes, because I have 70% lung capacity and wearing a mask and being active. Yes, I get short of breath easier because my lungs have to work harder. But I still wore my mask because I prefer to be a little winded than catching a virus that might actually cause me death or severely impair me either temporarily or for the rest of my life. And with what I got right now, I'm already overextended, so I do not want to add to it. But the fact that you Y'all were that selfish, because that's just what it is. Ignorant, selfish, and just fucking ableist. Shame on you. And, like, bad karma points. And yes, I know that there are people who claim that they got an exemption because of somehow getting claustrophobic or a fear of wearing a mask and feeling all, I don't know what, but honey, then stay the fucking side where you don't have to wear one. I had to stay inside for two years because of the pandemic. The only time I went out was to see my physical therapist. In those instances, I chose to wear one even though I got short of breath being active and wearing one. And use the time when you're inside to see a counselor, seek therapy, work on yourself. Again, also, like I did, don't have to live this way. So choose not to by working on yourself and either not becoming afraid of that mask or, you know, getting this crap show out until either COVID finally becomes a manageable disease, everyone gets vaccinated, or, you know, people finally becoming less ableist and make space for you by wearing masks and, and testing themselves and, I don't know, just being fucking human. I mean, I test myself every single week. 
Still, even though I don't wear masks anymore, no one here does, I got all my shots, and I also know that a lot of people don't, and do not, and will not, because they think, well, it's either manageable or whatever, and then they all of a sudden catch COVID, and they go like, oh, I wish I would've gotten my shot. Yes, you should've. And yes, I seriously responded to my last shot. For two weeks, I had basically a mild version of COVID, and I was kind of afraid that it was going to be long COVID. But no, after two weeks, I started to feel a little better again, and I could start doing more than just <laughs> get up, drink, pee, and go back to bed to recharge that strenuous activity. But after two weeks, I, I started to get better, and now I'm fine again, and now I'm protected. But still, to protect others around me, I still test myself every week. Whenever I have symptoms, I test myself extra. Yeah, I choose to protect both myself and others from an airborne virus. Where's the humanity, people? And I seriously would love to be there when the karma catches up to you, but hey, can't win them all. Then, for the French version of the Oscars, it has been announced it will ban anyone facing a potential prison sentence for sexual assault from its 2023 ceremony. Oddly specific, the award show called the César Awards is due to be held next month, and they said it's acting out of respect for any possible victims. Hmm. This will mean that the ceremony will exclude French actor Sofiane Benecarcer, Benecer, whatever, uh, who is under investigation for allegations of rape which he denies, and there have been fears that, that there will be protests if he would attend. And this follows after a backlash in 2020 when Roman Polanski, a man wanted in the United States for a statutory rape of a 13-year-old girl, won Best Director. And during that ceremony, people got up and left. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it resulted in the entire board of Césars to resign. Rightfully so, because... Yeah! Then on to national news. White supremacy assholes claim bragging rights for the painted slurs and projected slurs on the Erasmus Bridge in Rotterdam on New Year's Eve, such as White Lives Matter, and the district attorney's office announces it's going to open a criminal investigation into the culprits. Would assume so. Yeah. Then our justice system at work, an 18-year-old wearing an ankle monitor stabbed and killed another 18-year-old also wearing an ankle monitor. Oof, duh. And then for personal highlights, I officially started my Let's Review account. Yay! I also got my kitty stroller. At assembly, she loved it. She got all up in it. And after it was assembled, nothing. It's going to be a hard sell, I fear. Today at work, I had to tell my adorable, cute little client that I'm leaving. So this came as quite a shock and he started to cry. Like he was so overwhelmed and he was so upset that I nearly cried. Never had that before, that I get moved to the point that I almost cry. But we ended the day on that, on good terms. <laughs> Then the affirmation of today, the past no longer has any power over me, it's over, and I choose to live in the present moment, source unknown. And then the quote of today for me was, Jared Padalecki's always keep fighting. He showed his pin on Instagram, it was beautiful. So welcome to January 4th, and we're going to kick it off with the global news. In Somalia, two suicide bombs claimed by Al-Shabaab kills 35, mostly women and children. Over the last 15 years, tens of thousands of people have died to the, due to the violence there. Oh, it's never-ending, or so it seems. In the United States, abortion is illegal in 13 states. Good God. I never actually thought we all go through with it. Silly me. Pharmacies in the states where abortion is still legal are now allowed to provide abortion pills. Makes a dent, I guess. I'll beat a tiny. One. An ex-deputy and SWAT officer is sentenced to a hundred years for extremely horrific sex crimes involving children such as rape, recording videos, and serving children semen-laced cupcakes. Oof. Someone should have aborted this dude. Like, how does it even enter your brain? Any of it, but specifically serving children semen-laced cupcakes. 
just be only a very sick, sick mind can think of that. Facebook and Instagram get fined 319 million euros, like it's nothing, due to their privacy violations because, yeah, that's basically all they do. It's what you get when you give a company monopoly. The Guardian, a British newspaper, is still under cyber attack since December 20th and won't open its doors for another few weeks. Dang. Another cyber-related news article was due to a hack in Antwerp, Belgium, they are unable to cash in on parking tickets. <laughs> okay, now that's a hack I can get behind. And furthermore, Kevin McCarthy has now six strikes against him, and they still haven't decided on a Speaker of the House. I mean, dude, take a hint. And then on to celebrity news. The stars of the Oscar-winning 1968 film Romeo and Juliet are suing Paramount Pictures for over $500 million for sexual abuse, sexual harassment, and fraud over a nude scene they appeared in and claimed to have been misled. Leonard Whiting and Olivia Hussey were teenagers. They were 15 and 16 years old at the time. Hello, child porn. When they made the movie. Isn't this the movie that they show in high schools to kids? Okay. You know. Ew. Omar Sy, the actor known from the French TV show Lupin and the movie Into Chablis, while promoting his new movie Tirailleur, a movie about a Senegalese boy forced to fight in the name of France during World War One, he has said that he's amazed that people seem to be so touched now about the happenings in Ukraine, and he asks if it happens in Africa, does it affect you less? Even though there's been support, there's of course also a group of people that see this as a diss to the French. I'm sorry, I have to agree with him. I too see and hear a difference in the Netherlands in their response to the refugees from Ukraine or asylum seekers from Africa. It's been said people are literally asking to house a white person and that they don't want a person of color. So if a refugee from Ukraine turns out to be a person of color, because yes, in Ukraine they also have people of color there. <gasps> I know, shocking. They seem stumped and they have actually requested another, a white person. Tell me how that is not racist. It hurts my brain that people don't seem to know. Like they are literally at that point in time confronted with their bias, with their racism, and then actually doubling down on it instead of taking a moment and thinking, oh, that was bias. I am acting out of a racist bias. A stereotypical thought of people in Ukraine being blonde and blue-eyed. But no, like that point in time where you can stop and think, oh, maybe I don't want to be that kind of person. Let's take this person in because they are seeking asylum and are refugee in search for help. No, you just double the fuck down and send that person away and say i want someone from ukraine who is white i am ashamed it's a refugee it's an asylum seeker it's someone that can use your help does it really fucking matter what they look like where's the humanity and then to end celebrity news on a happier note stephen amell is returning as oliver queen for the flash's ninth and final season yay and i miss dig i really do diggity as my friend calls him which then immediately prompts the no diggity song from the 90s oh god i miss 90s well okay the 90s had crap-ass music, I know, but I miss the R&B and hip-hop music from those days. Like, I genuinely still miss Tupac, especially when you hear the rap songs these days. Oy, where's the depth? Sorry, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Some other time. Then on to national news. Harlem Airlines protects its staff, but not the passengers. Working on flights from China. I read that headline and my first instinct was, wait, just the staff? But then I read the article and they will provide passengers with an FFP2 mask. This just goes to show that our government just fails to act 
Now companies are left to their own devices and can choose to or not to respond to the pleas of their employees. Oh, and an update on the slurs painted and projected onto the bridge in Rotterdam apparently included the phrase, we must secure the existence of our people and the future for white children. It's very disconcerting. And oh boy, yeah, worrisome that white supremacy is on the rise all over the planet. For the first time since the 1900s, more people have died than they were born in the Netherlands. This didn't even occur during World War One or World War II theories anyone like my first thought was oh covid of course but they said that isn't it or that isn't just it mm. but it can't help right i mean mm. okay i wonder what y'all think as for freaking usual the dutch public transport sucked in 2022 it's always fun at the end of a year that they come out claiming again this year the public transport was not up to snuff no fucking shit and yet the tickets kept getting more and more pricey that people choose to basically just take their car and they say it was due to collisions weather conditions disruptions in the system and a shortage of staff well, I mean, it has been a shitty, shitty time where suicides are on the rise, so... Hmm. Weather conditions, I mean, just with the smallest temperature change, the entire system just clunks out. I mean, explain it to me. There are trains driving in Scandinavia, in Switzerland, in the mountains, but with just the slightest freezing or snowfall, it's just like, <gasps> we can't deal with help. And duchies can apparently visit the museum and watch how they're dissecting the biggest beaver ever discovered in our country. So many jokes can be made right now. But ew, like why would you want to watch do like apparently they're not even gonna stuff it. Which again, ew. But just why would you wanna see that? I wanna see it floating around and, and cuddling. Not even cutting it open. Yes. <laughs> Then on a personal note, there was a very interesting post by Impact on Instagram about a social experiment called Boys Alone from the early 2000s in England that apparently recently went viral again. The children didn't know each other prior to the experiment, adults were not allowed, and all participants had to take a cooking class prior to entering the house. It was a house where a group of boys and in another house a group of girls were placed for I think a week. At the end of the experiment, the boys were messy, malnourished, and aimless when setting house rules, and the girls were organized passionate, clean, community-oriented, and well-fed. So ask yourself, why do we socialize girls to be more responsible than boys? And why, if we do that, are we still hesitant to elect women to positions of power? <laughs> I mean, look at the pandemic. The countries led by women far outdid the countries led by men. I mean, Lord have mercy, they're just... Like the United States, the UK, and our country. I mean, you can stuff them all in the same part of body and kick it down a hill. Anyway. The lessons learned were that all children should be taught the importance of kindness, cleanliness, health, responsibility, and community. I'm sorry, this wasn't common knowledge? Okay. People of all genders possess the capacity to be great leaders, and the best societies are run with kindness, empathy, and compassion. Take note, world leaders. Please. It has is been genuinely scientifically proven. Come on! Then a post by Healing and CPTSD, that's chronic PTSD. It was kind of posted as a theory. Sexual trauma can cause dental anxiety. My first thought was accurate, because I think all sorts of trauma can cause dental anxiety. Disclaimer, in the next upcoming section, I'm going to be detailing my trauma counseling, as in the EMDR sessions, the medical events that are discussed during these sessions, as well as the role my parents played. So again, if any of this is going to be triggering for you, either skip it or listen to it with someone else, or make sure that after this, you can either talk to someone to cheer you up or do something to cheer you up, because yeah, it's a lot. Even I still, like I can talk about it quite easily now because I've dealt with a lot, but sometimes when I tell people, they are shocked and horrified and so take good care of yourself and be warned 
Last year, I got trauma counseling for my fear of the dentist, and it was related to uh, medical trauma I incurred from when I was six, and also, you know, years of abuse, neglect, and abandonment inflicted on me by my family and just society as a whole, basically. I think it has to do with the feeling of being trapped and having to surrender in a situation where you feel unsafe or unprotected, powerless, hopeless. Just the absolute feeling of helplessness. It was a significant moment, and it scarred me, in addition to the already very traumatizing experience I had when I was six, which wasn't dental related. It was hospital related and parental failure related. finally got me was eating a crispy pizza and one of my molars broke off ow so i had to go to the emergency dentist and lord have mercy i was shaking like a leaf i found a dentist that specifies in people with anxiety they had an in-house trauma counselor all i can say is i recommend because dental care is self-care truly and like i waited until my molar broke off and i had to and at that point in time i had the frame of mind to say enough like we don't have to live like this i don't want to live like this anymore i'm already upending pretty much anything and everything in my life about my life so let's just add this to the pile and i did and i'm very thankful because now mainly the going to the dentist i still you know i'm not jumping for joy when i'm there the anxiety kind of ratchets up again but when i'm in the chair i'm fine genuinely and i've never been so calm before and that's just by altering a few things for me it was feeling in control like they tell me what they're gonna do when they're doing it they walk me through it at any point in time, when I raise my hand, they will immediately stop. If during any of the procedures I say, okay, I've had enough, that's okay, I can go home. So that is what I needed. I needed to feel in control again over my own body. And I think the opposite of helplessness is empowerment. So I feel now empowered. I'm not lying down and just undergoing a procedure. I'm lying down and electing to undergo a procedure. And at any point in time, if I say no, they will listen to me. And like I said, I think it, for me, it was a combination of a few medical traumas, but just in my entire upbringing <laughs> did not help. The only other really impactful medical procedure that I remembered being traumatic was when they had to remove the casts from my legs after major surgery when I was six. You know, I was this skinny, tiny, chickeny six-year-old, and somehow I was convinced they were gonna cut off my legs because I saw that saw, and I was like, the cast is paper thin, you're gonna cut right through that, cut right through my leg, and just, I I mean, I was six people. Fiction, non-fiction are not yet firmly established at that point in time, but yeah, I think my mother was there, but just, she just sat there and watched. My dad bailed. I genuinely remember the moment that he walked out the door, and I did not remember this, but apparently my sister was there as well she had to leave the floor because she could hear me screaming because yes i thought they were generally gonna butcher me anyway i remember my dad bailing and just the moment that he walked out the door our eyes locked and i remember just and basically with my eyes begging please do not leave me and he did and i think at that that for me was a significant moment like i already knew he wasn't a parent in any way shape or form but at that point in time i thought this is the one fucking time in my life that i need you to man the fuck up and be my parent and protect me and you didn't you walk away you abandoned me again and my mom now like i said she just sat there and though yes through this whole trauma counseling a lot of buried feelings came to the surface but throughout the years i have thanked my mother for not abandoning me because what my father did was just the final nail to a coffin that was already halfway into the ground but still it was that exact moment of complete abandonment that i think if 
my father ever had a redeeming moment in his life, that was it. And he didn't take it. If anything, he just sealed the deal. However, my mother stayed with me, even though now, looking back, it clearly wasn't enough. She could have done and should have done more. Still, throughout the years, I was thankful for the fact that at least she stayed with me. Because if she abandoned me as well, in that point in time, I think I would have full-on disassociated. And the trauma would have, if possible, actually been worse. And throughout the years, I always had compassion for them. Because I can imagine how hard it must be, you know, to see your kid go through that. To parents that are watching their children go through this. And I have such respect for them. I really do. Genuinely, I do. I have such respect for what you're going through and how you handle it. But in doing so, I never left room for my feelings in this whole experience. The trauma counselor said, he said you have such understanding for them and for their thoughts and feelings. But where is yours in this scenario? That was an eye-opener for me because my entire life, that's what I did. Because I felt so burdened in being placed other people's feelings and comforts above my own but therefore this got trauma locked into my body into my brain to the extent that it even shocked me back when i was i was well in my 20s i think I was in the hospital, like plaster room, waiting room was empty, the curtains were all drawn so I couldn't see anyone or anything. I was alone, and all of a sudden I heard that saw, and for the first time in my life I had a fucking big ass flashback. Like I gripped my seat and I froze. That was, I think, 20 years after the incident. And I knew I didn't like to go to hospitals. Luckily, after the age of six, I pretty much had all the surgeries done until the wisdom teeth dental horror happened. I was lucky enough to not have to go to hospitals for, well, <laughs> for myself. I still had to go to hospitals for others. With my trauma counselor, I discovered that both the hospital experience from when I was six and the dental experience from when I was around 19, 20 years old, both were fed by that trauma and also by that core belief that I was a burden and that I would always place other people's feelings and comforts above my own and basically just left no room for it. So with the actual treatment, my trauma counselor and I used um, well, the EMDR technique, of course, and the rescripting technique, where you rewrite a scene. This was all in my mind. I had to close my eyes and imagine it. They call it imagination exercise. My trauma counselor asked me, like, what would help you now? What do you want to do? And I said, I wanted to run the fuck away. So he said, do that. And I imagined myself, like, getting up and running away. And I got outside of the house. And then he kept asking me, and now what are you going to do? And then I said, I want to go back. And he was like, okay, go back. Because I realized the casts needed to come off. Like, I do not regret that surgery. I'm very thankful that they did it when I was that young. Because when the doctor asks you, would you like to be able to bend your legs? My answer was yes. I think had I known what it would entail, so much pain. If I had to do it again now, I don't think I'd survive it. I'm, I'm not kidding. And um, I think I was so young, I didn't know any better. And it was a good thing. That was a blessing. But just imagining having to go through that again, I can't. That event scarred me to the point of no return. Getting the EMDR treatment, getting to rescript it to less traumatizing, allowed me to finally gain access to my feelings concerning this whole event. Because for the first time ever, I was allowed to vent my feelings. Oh, daddy. That was good. I needed, and I think I held back because it finally unlocked a lot of hurt towards my mother and anger, mainly anger. The hurt I was already in contact with, I unlocked the anger. <laughs> 
in that imagination exercise. In the beginning, he tried to see if one of my parents could step up. My father had abandoned me, so hard no. My mother, just empty shell, sitting there, doing nothing. Don't even remember if she eventually was one of the people that helped me down or not. But anyway, in my experience, she just sat there as an empty shell and like no comfort, no safety, no reassurance I felt from her. So they were excluded from any potential people trying to stand up for me. And then he asked me if I could do it, as in either as the child or the adult version of myself. As the adult version, I tried talking to the dude with the saw, asking him, begging him, bargaining, just basically anything and everything that I could think of to try and not make this as traumatic as it turned out to be. But none of it worked. Every argument that I gave, he rebuttaled or just acted very casually, just not taking me seriously. Also a very triggering experience in my life that has repeated itself over and over and over and over and over again. What finally helped me, like I wasn't capable of doing it myself, I said, I can't do this. And he asked me, is there anyone else who could step in and help you? And that I couldn't remember or I couldn't think of anyone at that specific point in time that I had faith and trust in enough to save me from that moment in time. And then he did it. Like he stepped into that scene and he talked to the man with the saw and just with a few sentences. Wow. What he said was like, stop, look what's happening. You're traumatizing to this girl for life what's the rush like take the time to do this right and he asked me like what happened what do you need and i verbalized what my fear was so it wasn't that i was just sitting there screaming my fucking head off that was you know just the final stages i explained to them what my fear was and they didn't take the time or they didn't wait to find a way to make me understand because and i shit you not mid through the trauma counseling sessions i found i think it was tips from the er motherfucker account on insta he always he's hilarious like truly Uh, i think he's like a doctor or a nurse in the er and he tapes these really awesome short clips about specific topics and he exactly around this specific point in time he made one about the the gas saw and apparently even if you hit your skin with that fucking thing it doesn't even rip open your skin why did they not just show that to me the picture tells a thousand words like i'm verbally quite skilled but the picture much better but i sent it to my trauma counselor saying where the fuck was this when i was younger like oh my god if you had just shown me that it wouldn't be even capable of doing that i think if they ever actually did try to show me by that time i'd already gone way outside of my window of tolerance so my brain just could not process that information for those of you who don't yet know about the window of tolerance, accompanying this episode on Instagram, post promotional images that relate to the topics discussed in the episode. Also, in this case, I've added a beautiful image that explains the window of tolerance, how it relates to trauma, how you can broaden your window, and the different stages of arousal. By that time, they should have just said, you know what, we're going to give you a few minutes. But they didn't. They pushed through and I've, oh, I've had so many clients with the same kinds of experiences where be it that you're on a timetable or like whatever reason you have, they just push on through and just, well, it's only a few minutes. And like you're thinking it's only a few minutes, but the trauma that you inflict can be life altering. It was for me. Like I am scarred for life because of that. I lost all faith in my father. I think at that point in time, I realized like you really are fucking good for nothing. And my mom she just i mean she got out of an abusive marriage i get that she had a narcissistic overbearing father i get that but lady you should have gotten up and said you know what Uh uh-uh but she didn't and like i said i understand of course i do but at the same time i've understood y'all for 30 plus years i I told my counselor that that i was i had empathy and sympathy for the position that my parents were in in that moment and he said but still your parents could have apologized to you acknowledged that they abandoned you acknowledged that they failed you and that i think trauma 
traumatized me all over again because they haven't not ever Okay. Also, my Instagram account for Let's Review with Leila and You has been live for a day and Instagram has already suspended me. Like what? For real? There was like a little, you could consider R-rated humor in there, but I mean, I've seen some shit. This didn't go anywhere near that, but hey, I got notified that my Misha gift card is on the way. Yay! And I received four more gift Christmas cards. Like we gishers can subscribe to a Christmas card list and then you can send each other Christmas cards, which I love. Like I made my own. Supposed to send it to 10 people. 10 people were supposed to send one to you so i got all 10 of them thank you and i made 10 well 11 technically <laughs> i also gave one my gishron prime bestie but yeah i really love them it's quite expensive though to use snail mail hello it's like 15 bucks to send them all i had another job interview today with another recruiter you know just testing the water slap myself around i don't know just you know if you can give me a job that i like and love and pays money i will take it quote of the day for me were these two it was never your job to heal your family by healing and cptsd again the day was just a family trauma day okay and then the next one was by at witchy feelings also awesome instagram account saying the universe makes big moves for people with good hearts and pure intentions well i try i'm doing my best and that was it for january 4th Welcome to Thursday, January 5th. On to global news. Russia asks for a ceasefire to celebrate Orthodox Christmas. Uh, Mr. Invader, you think we really give a shit about what you want? Zelensky responds, war will stop when Russians leave. Uh-huh. Iran is angry with French cartoons in Charlie Hebdo. Oh boy. I'm all for free speech, but I'm sorry, I still remember. Too soon. North Korea drones reached the presidential offices in Seoul and breached their no-fly zone? Um, problem? Turkey freezes the accounts of the opposition five months prior to election season. Democracy at work. Mm -hmm. There is a 5.8 on the Richter scale earthquake in Central Asia. It was felt from the capital city of Afghanistan, Kabul, to the capital city of Pakistan, Islamabad, to New Delhi, the capital city of India. Lordy. That was, it was only a 5.8, but dang. Then a family of eight was found shot and killed, five of which were children. Unclear who is responsible. Sounds like a family annihilator to me. Oy. California calls a state of emergency due to extreme weather conditions. Global warming at work, people. It's too late now. Kind of shocked, really, to learn the effects we are now experiencing in our weather conditions is caused by what we did 30 years ago. Like, the weather is 30 years behind. And considering what we've been doing in the past 30 years. Uh-oh. Hi. Build a sailor. Build a boat. Noah, where you at? Also, record high temperatures in large parts of the EU, no fucking shit, is the hottest temperatures ever recorded this time of year. Like, nature's out of whack, I'm out of whack. So, get this to look forward to. A day three of the House of Representatives scoreboard now reads 11 rounds, where Kevin McCarthy got a no. I mean, this has gone past the level of sciot. If the first you don't succeed, try again, I get that. But, I mean, this is bad, and just people making deals and just corruption in politics is really at an all-time high, and I find it not see it changing anytime soon unfortunately unless we make a change people hashtag vote rock the vote for god's sakes vote i'm of the opinion you cannot bitch if you don't vote so if you're bitching you better be voting <laughs> Then on to national news, one of our provinces has banned the display of all ads pertaining to meats and airplane travel. Okay, can hate. Yes, no. Well, like banning is a little extreme, but can hate. Yay! Our wages haven't increased this much in the past 14 years. <gasps> However, the inflation has also increased a shit ton. Actually, more than the raise in our wages. So, yeah. Fat lot of good, it'll do it. 
People suggest turning down the heat to save on costs, which is lovely, but a little ableist, because that's not a possibility for everyone. For instance, rehab facilities that use hydrotherapy, the water needs to be heated to 32 degrees Celsius, whereas regular pools keep it at like 25 or 28 degrees Celsius, and the same goes physical therapist offices. You're lying there half naked, and that's not fun or relaxing when it's cold. And I mean, it's been a very warm winter, so yay, I've saved a lot on costs, and I put on a hoodie and a fleece blanket before I turn on the heat, but cold is not good for when you have a muscular ailment, being cold specifically for a longer period of time can start hurting, so nice effort, but yeah, there's a little nuance there. And then on to shitty national news, apparently now White Lives Matter has also been seen projected on a government building. And apparently this wasn't even an isolated incident. They are finding flyers and stickers with similar slogans for the past 18 months. Okay, why wasn't that in the news? White supremacy's on the rise. I mean, you're white. You're a male. What the fuck do you got to bitch about? Well, equality scares you. Okay, and it says it all, don't it? And then a shitty ass mm, news item. A janitor of a special needs school, a 56-year-old man, has been arrested for being in a sexual relationship with a 16-year-old girl that attends the school and whom he taught music to in the privacy of his own home. People discovered their relationship when they discovered their texts. After two weeks in jail, they've released him awaiting trial. Why? Clearly this is a predator. And I know in my country we don't really punish predators all that much. I think for a rape, you don't even go to jail anymore. Um, it has to be like a high profile case, but I think even for rape in my country, you can just get community served or just out on parole or whatever. And then they say that, that that is mainly because we have not enough jail cells, but that's a little crap because we had empty jail cells to the point that we imported prisoners from abroad to fill our cells. And already the jail prison experience in my country is quite luxurious, I'm told. I've never been, so I wouldn't know, but yeah, probably. With the jellyfishes in our country, probably. Finish it off with at least a little silver lining. Hundreds of people have come to show their respect after a family of three got killed in a frontal car collision. Beautiful. They hear that a family died. But beautiful that even people that didn't know them showed up to pay their respects. Faith in humanity is a little restored. <laughs> then on a personal note, I accidentally broke a bottle of perfume because yeah, and that kind of triggered a major spring cleaning episode. <laughs> and finishing off with the installation of my podcast microphone. Quote of the day, fuck anything and everything that Hannah Gatsby says in the net. <laughs> if you have not seen that stand-up show, it's on Netflix, do what? Uh, last year in the summer, I watched it for the first time, and gosh, I don't even remember the last time I was genuinely moved to the point of tears by something I watched or listened to. This one actually moved me to tears, because the recognition, but today I finally got my friends to sit down and watch it with me. It's intense, it's a lot, but she challenges the ableist views, and she deals with trauma and homophobia, and what trauma does to a child, to your upbringing, and she highlights the, the toxic masculinity of our society. And just everything, she does it with such a beautiful sense of humor at the same time. You should watch Nanette, and then you should watch her new show, Douglas. At least those are the only two in my country that are on Netflix. But I love that woman. I have definitely got a lady crush on her. And now we've come to the end of Thursday, January 5th. On to January 6th. Thank fuck for Fridays. Welcome to January 6th, and for our astronomy and astrology lovers, it's a full moon in Cancer tonight. There are Syrian protests in response to Turkey trying to restore ties with the Assad regime. Uh, what you doing, Turkey? 
Tensions are rising again between Israel and Palestine. A record number of deaths were recorded the past year amongst them, an Al Jazeera journalist, Shireen Abu Akleh. Isn't there something in every religion about love thy neighbor, thou shalt not kill? One way, shape, or form, or terminology, or commandment, or, I don't know, common sense? The violence in Mexico keeps escalating. First, uh, there was that armed prison attack. Now, a gang leader that had escaped from that attack was gunned down, and 29 people died during the arrest of El Chapo's son. Cram pays, until it doesn't. Peloton gets fined for $19 million because it waited too long to inform people their treatments were unsafe. Dang, they can't catch a break, huh? Wasn't it that Mr. Big and Sex in the City died in one of their things? Or, I mean, I remember seeing a lot of posts about Mr. Big and Peloton, and I don't know, I haven't watched it. Family of the Capitol officer who died during January 6th insurrection are suing Trump and two rioters for a wrongful death. Good. I hope it sticks. Excerpt of Prince Harry's book Spare has come out and it's caused quite an uproar. Apparently in the book he discloses that while he served abroad in Afghanistan, he was directly connected to the death of Taliban. And this upsets people. Why? Like, genuinely. I'm confused. What did you think people were doing over there? What happened all those years? He's a soldier. They went there to fight the Taliban. They were not having prayer circles. <laughs> just It's just another reason for people to get mad at Harry. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. <laughs> Why? Because now all of a sudden the anonymity of a soldier is gone and you can plaster a face on it and the only reason you get mad is if you already have an issue with either the royal family or Harry directly. Why this pisses people off? He shared a formative experience that he as a soldier had and the focus went entirely on this little nugget. Well, I believe later on he explained that it was ripped out of context because he mentioned he works a lot with veterans about how you carry that with you or... Um, it's it's bullshit, people. Get life. I'm not saying that the war was just or whatever, but what do you think soldiers do? They go over there to defend. They go on the offensive, armed to the teeth, purely because of the anonymity loss, and now they have a face and a name. People get all bent out of shape. Yeah, cool. And I'm very sorry that Harry has to go through that, and that pretty much any soldier that has also experienced this will get triggered by this, I can only assume. People are so self-righteous and... This will make me think of the Ernest Hemingway quote that never think that war, no matter how necessary nor how justified, is not a crime. Yes, I do believe that because going to war, no matter for whatever reason, intent, it's still war. And in war, people die, people get hurt. Oftentimes, there's a lot of collateral damage. Innocents get hurt. I mean, just look at the war in Ukraine right now, the decades war in Syria. And just, I mean, unfortunately, it seems that where there are humans, there is war. I think that that is something to keep in mind, war should at all times be an absolute last resort, because no matter with how well prepared you go in, there will always be collateral damage, trauma, death. War is destruction, no matter how you phrase it. <laughs> There's been a discovery on Ice Age hunter-gatherers cave paintings. Apparently, they were tracking the mating and birthing of animal species as far back as 10,000 years ago. Aww, we had a big brain even back then. Wow. Mm, follow up on that one. Bad news, glaciers are melting even more rapidly than they first predicted. Because we're idiots. And we're sucking our planet dry and it's now coming back to bite us in the ass. I can't hate her for that. So, by her I mean Mother Nature. Then the Supreme Court South Carolina protects abortion rights. Good on ya. The others may follow you. And then Kevin McCarthy has lost his ninth vote. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's sad. Like, a few rounds ago, it was already sad. Now it's just, it's pathetic, truly. It's like the power play of idiots. With idiots, by idiots, for idiots, with idiots. Break me, if you dare. 
Then on to national news. The Netherlands finally implement the policy of only admitting travelers from China with a negative COVID test. What a lot of good is gonna do is now, but you know, better late than never, I suppose. Their reasoning mm -hmm, was that, well, everyone is doing it, so we might as well adopt their policy because otherwise it's gonna be confusing and annoying for travelers. So, yes, typical Dutchy governing style. Were you there? Another example, a few years ago, they replaced a law allowing people to get government aid and help re-educating or retraining themselves. For instance, when you are no longer able to find any form of employment in that particular profession and you need to be retrained to be able to provide for yourself, the government would help you with that by covering part or a majority of the costs. But that was, I don't know, costing them too much money. And instead of trying to look at what is actually the cause of that, maybe our educational system or start, um, they decided to replace it like with a budget where pretty much anyone and everyone could apply to get a thousand dollar grant. There was a limited amount of money. The second that the budget opened up to the public, people would apply and apparently there was no proper criteria that someone had to adhere to to get that budget because our country is run by idiots. So now, after one or two years, I think, they evaluated and discovered that a lot of people got rich. It would be influencers offering coaching tips or something. I don't know. A lot of crystal healing courses and, I mean, I'm sorry. That's not exactly an education that I think the government should fund. That is something, you know, you got to pay for yourself if you want to be doing that. Like, in a short amount of time, people that have no educational skills would coach and train people into, again, things that are not professional skills or something that you could instantly implement to make a living off of. It was just hobby stuff, not something that would help you further your career in whatever way, shape, or form. Now, when you want to actually do a course that allows you to get ahead in your profession, skilled courses by, by trained professionals, there's a serious chance that if you want to apply for such a course, you are too late because people like, I don't have a word for it, that's actually nice, so mm. <laughs> come up with a few and tell me. Mm. Reloaders, is that a good term? I don't know. Rich quick schemers, also a good one. They can get all the cash, but if you want to get a course that actually helps you further your career, like my friend that wants to take a course in becoming a cognitive behavioral therapist, the moment the budget opens up has to hope that she's in time before the budget's gone again and depleted because that little fucker goes fast. I think the first year it was depleted in a month by the amount of people that applied because yeah, it's a very limited budget and <laughs> pretty much anyone and everyone qualifies. So here it's not if it's meeting the criteria of it helps you further your career or it keeps you employed. No, it's just who comes first. That's not really a way of, you know, conscientious governing. But then again, that's not exactly what we're known for, unfortunately. Vote people, please. It's also Fat Cat Friday. 14 CEOs in the Netherlands have made in just these first six days of someone on minimum wage will make for this entire year for 365 days. And who pays more taxes? Hmm. Jesus fuck. <clears throat> Pay fever spikes due to warm temperatures. Nature is completely out of whack. Inflation drops back from 14 to 9.5%, so that's good. However, they see an uptick in kids calling the anonymous helpline about financial concerns. I mean, the fact that children are exposed to that is disconcerting to me, because I remember my own childhood where I was very well aware of our financial situation. You should not have to worry about what you eat, and if you need new clothes because you've outgrown the clothes that you have, or when something breaks. I mean, that strain gives a child such a sense of insecurity. It's not right. And to end on a happier note, Customs intercepts thousands of kilograms in cocaine at Rotterdam Harbor. Hey!
And then to round off January 6th with the personal notes, starting the day with an interview at my soon-to-be place of employment. It's the first full moon of 2023 in Cancer, and the theme surrounding it is find a home within yourself. I'm trying. Kind of feels a little like I'm getting the runaround concerning my missing parcel. The distributor says I need to contact the carrier because they don't know anything either. The, the carrier says that I need to talk to my distributor. So, goody. But the distributor is really nice. I mean, you wrapped it, you stuck a label on it, they scanned it, it's gotta be somewhere. And it was a pretty big package. <laughs> That's what she said. Sorry, focus. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed it'll find my home like it's on the label. If someone finds it, you just have to look at the label, unfortunately. It tells you everything that's inside and also where I live and my phone number, which I sometimes find rather disconcerting. But in this case, if you find it, please call me. Yesterday, I read the dad joke by Dad Says Jokes. A bus station is where a bus stops. A train station is where a train stops. On my desk, I have a workstation. <laughs> yeah, that was a very premonitionary power, or as my friend and I like to call it, tweet. Because, yeah, today work is just not happening. I'm working from home, but lord have mercy, it is killing my vibe and my spirit and just me. But yeah, granted, that is also the reason I resigned, because they are not facilitating me so that I can actually do my job before I can exit stage left. So many naggy entitled assholes I have to deal with so I feel like I'm kind of losing my marbles so I schedule an emergency self-care moment an appointment at the hairdresser and look at that I can still make an appointment for today so at the end of the workday I'm gonna quit a little early and I'm gonna get a haircut self-care people it's important honestly if I could have taken a mental health day I would have but right now it's just like wrap it up so I fucking leave but, oh murder I'm contemplating murder and that's not like me I know it. I'm, I'm not doing well when I become this mentally triggered and I need to take a mental health day or exit and I chose exit but that was two months ago <laughs> it's not going fast enough <laughs> Chuckle of the day was a tweet by Your Drama Club, but I saw it on Instagram. I don't have a nervous system, I am a nervous system. And call me a cactus, because I'm a prick. Well, that was another dad joke. Then for the quote of the day, when you give people open access to you, they may take more than you have to offer. Limits keep you from being depleted. By Nedra Glover Tawab. She has really good nuggets of knowledge. And today, this one hit home, because yeah, I needed to schedule an emergency self-care session. <laughs> The actress Jewel State, follow her on Twitter, and she said, I could never be an influencer because I can't imagine voluntarily inviting people to actually let me know in the comments. And I read that and I was like, mm hmm, I share that sentiment because, you know, with all the, the bullying and the haters and anonymity, the aliases that people hide behind them. And yet here I am. <laughs> Double edged sword, I guess. On one hand, I think reaching out, finding your community through all the beautiful ways that this current period of time provides us with, to reach out across the globe to find your soul family, your community is a beautiful thing but unfortunately the anonymity of the internet has also i don't even want to say give people permission because that's not what it did that's just what people take people use it to give themselves permission to be just bullies and hateful assholes and i mean if you do it under your own name with your own face then at least it's an opinion but people hide behind aliases and just no that's not cool people if you don't got nothing nice to say don't say it at all which i support mainly but at the same time you can differ in opinion and still just let someone be respectfully. And that is a common decency, humanity skill I feel many of us have lost or were never taught. Like, I don't know. I really do wonder, like, how celebrities do this and not either get a big head from all the fawning and the adoration. Like, there's a lot of love also sometimes in the extreme that I think, whoa, lock it down, squeaky toy, or tone it down. But still, you know, it's at least it's love. You can never love someone enough. There's never too much love. But yeah, but how they keep a level head and keep their humanity and not lose their marbles. I mean, throughout the years, 
course, you know, we all know celebrities that kind of lost touch with reality. And I gotta say, I can understand looking at what gets thrown at you. But I really wonder, like the celebrities that don't, how do you remain sane? I think because of the real people in your life keep you sane or keep you in check or hope. It means you need to have good people around you and not everyone has that. So hold on to each other and please spread the love. We have survived the work week and it's now time for the weekend. Welcome to Saturday, January 7th. On to the global news. In South Sudan, the president appears to be peeing himself, and the journalists that shared those images are getting arrested. It was a public function. Shit happens. Or in this case, pee happens. Why do you arrest people for that? That ain't right. That again shows you are not a democracy, but then again, what we now call democracy isn't really a democracy either, so we need to come up with a new word. A six-year-old boy shoots his teacher with his parents' gun. My first thought always is only in America, but lately you gotta check because, yeah, it's become a global thing. But no, America. Like, what the hell happened, people? Six years old. Luckily, she survived. But wait. A new blood test could help detect Alzheimer's disease more easily. Sweet, I think. It's a good thing. I think all around it's a good thing, but it gets just heartbreaking to learn that, that you have Alzheimer's because they still have no way to cure it, unfortunately. <sighs> Bless Katie Porter for explaining to the dum-dum Republicans what inflation is. As it turns out, over half of the increased prices we are now all paying are coming from increases to corporate profits. <gasps> Corporations are taking advantage by raising prices on vital goods and services, but artificially enlarging inflation numbers and putting a strain on everyday people because that is what corporations do because corporations own our governments and in the meantime we are starving and dying and just yeah what is it gonna end people for fuck's sake but bless katie porter like i wish we had a katie porter in my country unfortunately we don't someone like that to lay it all out for the dum-dums and yeah hopefully change our fucked up system and this i did not expect apparently after 15 eyes 15 people kevin mccarthy does secure himself as the speaker of the house like wow did not see that coming i'm sorry i really did I thought, like, after 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, some moment, it would be like, okay, I quit. But no. Again, dumb, dumb Republicans, unfortunately, are very tenacious in their stupidity. But, yeah, okay. I wonder how many people sold their souls or made crooked deals to get that to work and happen and... Mm. Then very sad news. In Belgium, they found the body of the missing 14-year-old girl. She and her two-and-a-half-year-old sister were missing. The two-and-a-half-year-old sister luckily was found alive inside the suspect's car, about 10 kilometers or 6 miles away. It's believed that the girl went up to meet with a man whom she'd met online, and she brought along her sister. The man was found having committed suicide in the vicinity of his car. Thank heavens the little girl survived, but wow, that sounds like a genuine Law & Order Special Victims Unit episode. And this is again, fiction, non-fiction. Sometimes I have great difficulty having to live in a world where shit like this actually happens. <laughs> pretty awesome post by Rudy Mayerlife that found or asked artificial intelligence to turn each country into a villain and hot damn. I mean, I don't want to think in stereotypes, but yeah, every single one I recognized. So, like, AI is this beautiful and terrifying at the same time. And I mean, I grew up with Terminator and even in the, in the 90s, I remember watching that movie and going like, oh, I see this happening. We are dumb enough to create an artificial intelligence that'll soon see how stupid we are because we are I mean our greatest gift is also our main flaw and when you design artificial intelligence they will quickly see how we are destroying our planet killing each other hurting each other and maybe it's best if we should be eliminated I see that happening so yeah I find this whole I find it beautiful the, the stuff that it comes up with and hilarious on some occasions but at the same time terrifying but yeah um, look it up it's a great post I can't share all of it but it's it's good mm, then uh, the singular dutchy news is inflation keeps 
keeps upping the public transport ticket prices, even though they themselves acknowledge that it sucks more than ever. So even if you are now unable to afford a car, which is becoming more and more likely, using public transport becomes a serious difficulty. So <laughs> again, I keep asking myself now, like, when is enough enough? But even now, sometimes I have to tell myself he was the president for four years and yes, that actually happened. It doesn't feel real. Same with abortion being outlawed again. It's just, if you told us that five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we would have all declared you fucking nuts and we're living it, surviving it. Not exactly living. Sometimes I really lose faith in humanity and like ET, please take me home or end it all. I don't care. Then on a personal note, a follow-up on yesterday's dual state tweet was post by Talk30 to me, also a great account, especially for people our age. My comment section is not the customer service hotline. If you have a problem with my content that you do not pay for, post it on my page that I did not ask you to follow. That is not my problem. I do not care. Unfollow button is here. There is no exit interview required. Exactly that. It's free content. You don't pay for it. It's posted on someone's page that you only see when you follow them or someone similar and still you can just keep swiping why do you feel the need to comment like if you don't agree unfollow again no exit interview is needed like if you don't agree just unfollow i'll take that as you did not agree with me that's all that's needed you don't have to start yelling or screaming or using profanity just mosey along um so yeah it struck me as interesting that those posts that i both fully agree with are somehow on opposite ends and yet at the same time perfectly summarize how i feel on one hand i usually just read the tweets and try not to look at the comments because there's so much <clears throat> content there and sometimes it really messes with your head. I think you should just post and then go. But at the same time, if you're having trouble, I think Monica Lewinsky in the interview with John Oliver said that about reading the comments and sometimes she gets a lot of support as well. And that's nice to read, to feel that you're not alone and that people agree with you out there even if your own life is filled with people that don't. This is mainly the reason I do this. I grew up in a community where I felt different and shunned and rejected and alone and I've tried so fucking hard to change myself and become more like them but that destroyed me which I also didn't want so then I had to learn to accept myself inside this community and now I'm actively trying to buy my soul family because I'm a family person just not my family family is dysfunctional from the word go and if you use it in, in a way to help people feel heard and seen and loved it's literally my job to offer people different perspectives and to help them come to a different conclusion hopefully one that makes them feel better about themselves and the situation or makes them feel empowered. That's what we're going for. However, I also know that it's all about how you phrase it. And when I'm not doing well, I like my tact filter disappears and I can become rather hurtful. So I think around the summer of last year, I realized that sometimes I withdraw from the world, not only to process all of the stimuli I've been exposed to, but also to protect others from me. Because at that point in time, I knew I wasn't going to be nice, even though that's not how I am. Well, of course, it's part of who I am. <laughs> part of me that I would rather keep inside and just an inside voice on occasion and hopefully one that I can quickly, I don't want to say shush, but I can quickly calm down and just tell her to sit down and it's okay. Hey sweetie, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, like I hear what you're saying, but if you say it like this, it's going to aggravate a lot of people and that's also not what you want. It's not, it really isn't. But yeah, that was the first time I realized the important part of communicating is knowing which words to use, which not to use. Okay. And then another item related to using your words 
There's a post that someone belatedly wrote about that their autocorrect corrected ducking to fucking and that made me laugh because i think in the past year i had that too like the one time i actually meant ducking it wrote fucking and i remember exclaiming like yep i think i actually told a friend like oh my god it's finally happening so that was fun to see someone else having that moment too and used it to create a post and share it with the world the aggravation of the day for me was we'll keep setting off fireworks i mean it's january 7th people you missed your moment enough fuck off you've been setting off fireworks for the last few months i'm done and aggravating me again to the point that makes me realize this is just not my day quote of the day for me was family relationships are the only type of relationship where people are expected to ignore and easily forgive abuse neglect and abandonment by nedra glover Tawab. and lord have mercy mm -hmm. that at least was the way my family is i'm just not that kind of person that that's the whole problem. <laughs> I hold people accountable for their behavior. I hold myself accountable for my behavior, but I also hold other people accountable for their behavior. And if you do not, just because you're family, don't mean I deserve to be treated like this. No one does. So bye. How else will they learn that that behavior is unacceptable? <laughs> and then another quote was, dealing with pain is a personal process, but the more intimate you can become with your own emotions, the more you can have control over your behavior to make choices that serve your growth. Very true. That is why multiple times I've sought out therapy because I noticed that my emotions were clogging my development and i wanted to make different choices and that was it for january 7th on to sunday Alrighty, final day of this episode. January 8th, Sunday. Global news. Anti-government protests in Tel Aviv against Netanyahu. Currently, Israel is run by the most right-winged and conservative coalition it has ever seen. Interesting, considering, you know, the history of Judaism and, you know. <sighs> Parts of Northwest Australia are evacuated due to record-breaking floods in lieu of Hurricane Ellie. Lord have mercy. Global warming. It's real, people. Over 540,000 homes and businesses are still without power in California. More rain and snow are to be expected. Global warming. Warming. Gotta hate it, love it. Mm, you made your bet, now lie in it. And lordy, it's really that kind of day, isn't it? It's like having a flashback. Bolsonaro supporters are storming the government buildings and presidential palace. It truly is monkey see, monkey do, huh? Mm. Has it already been 10 years since Sandy Hook? Wow. On one hand, yeah. On the other hand, came back very fresh after the happenings in Uvalde, Texas. So that was 10 years ago. We really haven't changed. If anything, we gotten worse. Again, when is enough enough? When will it actually leave? to change think that did not like 10 years since sandy hook and now uvaldi and again the response to that we haven't fucking changed a bit and if that that does not wake people the fuck up i think only global catastrophe that affects every single person on the planet is something that will wake people up because if the murder of children doesn't do it for you like sandy hook was horrible enough as it was in uvaldi it got compounded by the fact that people whose literal job description is to protect and serve didn't like not a little by a lot and then try to cover it up again i don't like this planet some or i don't like the people on this planet i love the planet i don't like people on it something that in the kind of safe today there was i think it was a tweet about picture taken of a sauvage perfume ad with john depp someone taped over the v with an s which now read sausage and i mean thank you and yeah and thank you <laughs> that was fun then on to dutchy news while performing a drug bust police find and arrest an escaped convict with a year left on his sentence <laughs> please tell me you tagged on a few just for being there but okay then a callback to the white lives matter white supremacist idiots that i mentioned previously 
lastly, they have found their manifesto, which basically calls for a country that is at least 99% all white. People of color are allowed. Oh, how great of you. As long as it is beneficial to the residents, you do know that that kind of sentiment got slavery going. Hmm. Such as tourism, they added on so they, to say, well, we don't mean slavery. I know it sounds like slavery. was not what we mean. We mean tourism. Nope. No. Yep. They continue with eligibility for citizenship is non-existent. Is that really what God said? Like, love that neighbors. But okay. Apparently, they are a Dutch branch of an international group of white supremacists. The Dutch participants are 1,300 members. 17 million were tiny, 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 of which nearly half bailed, apparently, after the projection on the bridge. So, they are racist at heart. They just don't like to be, you know, out in the open about it. Cowards. Globally, the group has less than 16,000 members, but so that is still 16,000 people too many that have an antiquated and absolutely ridiculously, disconcertingly, absurdly ableist terrifying notion of how their world, the world, their world, not a real world, but how they view the world should be. I genuinely have no words. There are so many words and just not enough words. Yeah. Mm, the fact that even a single person on this planet holds that belief, then writes it down and finds others join them in that opinion. Where, like, you elevate yourself above others, above all others. That's the, hence the term supremacy. Then on a personal note, I started recording my first podcast episode, uh, reviewing the movie Stargate from 1994. If you want to know more about that one, move on to my next channel. Then the word of the day that had me laughing all day and still does is Namaste Bay, as in Namaste and Bay, and then marry those two terms. My Namaste Bay. I love that one. <laughs> And then, quote, quotes of the day. There were quite a few that made an impact. By El Arroyo, Texas. The only squat I'm used to doing is diddly. <laughs> that will make me chuckle. The fallacy of black and white thinking when you catch yourself engaging in this all or nothing thinking. It's a clue that a younger, injured, more vulnerable part of yourself is surfacing. Real life is nuanced. People and relationships are complex. Learning to meet the nuance in life with compassion and the regulation of your emotions are signs of healing. By Dr. Leax. I like that one. Because that is is a fallacy in thinking that a lot of people suffer from. And fuck, we all do. That's the fun part. It's just what you do with it finds one's character. We all are racist and we all think in stereotypes. It's just when you, you catch yourself thinking in racist, stereotypical, black and white notions, what you do with that is important. Do you act on it? Do you question it? Do you challenge that thought? Like, what what, what is feeding this thought? Why do I think this? Or what makes me think this? And what evidence do I have to the contrary? I mean, just educate yourself. It is possible. I wish more people would do it. The next quote is, no matter how high you climb or how much you earn, if you aren't proud of how you got there, you haven't succeeded. Status is a reward for the result. Character is revealed by the process. The most meaningful accomplishments lie on the path that aligns with your principles. No shortcuts, people. No buying access to shit. Earn it. And I know the world is unfair and, and stakes are high and the, the odds are against you in, in some many people's case. In everyone's case, basically. And that is because our society honors and puts great stock in the wrong thing. But if you compromise yourself just in order to succeed, you will never ever be proud of the way you got there. And then even if you reach that long desired goal, it will always be tainted.
Like, I've worked for companies where I was proud to be an employee of that company and to promote that to the outside world. But the second I lost respect for the way our company managed their employees or their clients, I couldn't do that anymore. And I would start to dislike my job. If I see in any way, shape, or form that people are not being honorable, transparent, authentic, I refuse to be an active participant in that because I've been on the other side. I've been manipulated and controlled and exploited judged based on characteristics that I have no influence over. I didn't choose to be born female or with a disability, but you are judged on the basis of that. And oftentimes people mistreat others, those convictions, and not a lot of them are, are, I think, really aware of them. Either way, I don't think that you have to cheat people, you have to lie or exploit people to have a company. And that's the way you roll. I'm out. And I think that's the reason why I want to start something for myself, because I keep running into situations where I just think, nope, this does not align with, especially the thought to do this for 30, 40 years. You need to love job. I need to love my job. Okay, next, next quote. Those few friends who know you almost as well as you know yourself make life a lot easier. They damn sure do. They are special because they only want to interact with the realest version of you. You speak to each other in a way that you can't with others. It is a type of bond that makes each of you stronger. Jung Pueblo. Next quote. One of my favorite feelings is laughing with someone and realizing halfway through how much you enjoy them and their by at create the love. That really like sometimes you have those moments where you just feel the love and gratitude best feeling and then the last in thinking that you give to those whom you love the real answer is you love those to whom you give by rabbi dr abraham twersky that one was quite profound thought felt quite profound to me and that is the end of this week's episode next week we're going to start off with monday january 9th i hope to see you there